I want to do that because Paul's message was uh, open their eyes, turn them from darkness to light, turn them from the power of Satan to God. Uh, let me show you when that happened. I'm talking about why God sent Paul to do it. When did that happen? Let's go back to the book of Genesis and we're going to look at chapter three. Now, I'm going to be talking about today uh, in the book of Genesis. I'm going to give you my subject just a moment, but let's go. Uh, back to Genesis chapter 3. Put that in your notes. I'm going to go on and give you my subject first, all right, for our tape ministry, uh, and then we'll move to Genesis chapter 3. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 2. Uh, we're going to go down to verse number 18. We got a lot of response uh, from, the <clears throat> from the ministry uh, last week, and uh, I hope you're ready for another week. All right, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. When you get there, say amen. And the Bible said, and, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. And the, and the Lord God says, it is not good for that the man should be alone. I would make him and help meet for him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would name them. And we're going to see in verse number uh, 20, and Adam gave names to all the cattle, the fowls of the air, every beast of the field. And, but for Adam, there was no, not found and help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman made, say that word made, he a woman. That word made really means in the Hebrew or Greek build it. Made, the same word as build it. He built it a woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, shall cleave to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. So I'm going to be talking about why God made the woman. Last week, we talked about why God created the woman. Now, you have to understand the difference between creation and formation. We did give you some teaching on that before. Genesis chapter 1, if you take it, no, Genesis chapter 1 is cremation. Creation. I want to also welcome our television audience. I didn't get a chance to do that this morning. Can you just do that? Let's clap our hands. Thank God all watching us this morning. Sometimes we forget we have a, a television audience. We thank God for that. We have so many people watching us on our Facebook audience. Uh, and also they'll be on our podcast audience. We thank God for them. Okay. Now, in Genesis, we see here that God formed Form, uh, that word is really build it. And so we see that he built it, the woman. So that's why I'm talking about today, why God made the woman. So uh, last week we talked about why God created the woman. Now I want you, if you take it notes, I want you to understand Genesis chapter 1 is creation. Genesis chapter 2 is formation. You don't see anything formed in Genesis 1. Everything was created. Now, what's the difference between creation? <clears throat> what's the difference between creation and formation? Uh, when it's something that's made. In Genesis chapter 1, nothing is seen yet. 
Creation means what? Nothing is seen yet. So that's why you have to understand. So when I gave you 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. But uh, you have to understand creation means nothing is seen yet. So when God raised Jesus from the dead, he created us. But nothing was seen yet. So now the gospel come forth and now you're able to see what God created. See, what we are doing now, we are seeing what God created. But God created you at the cross. But you wasn't seen yet. That's why I gave you Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6. Uh, I'm going to turn to that now. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 6, they, they can get the things faster than we can uh, online, than we can in our books. But I'm going to go to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6. So that's why you got to know the gospel has to be preached. Because the gospel told us in Romans 1.16, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So you can't have anybody revealed un, uh, until the gospel is preached. Creation took place at the cross. God created us in Christ. All right? He created really all souls in Christ. But you can't see those souls formed with a body until the gospel is preached. So that's Ephesians chapter 3. And we want to look at one verse. That's verse number 6. Uh, when you get there, it says, That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs, number one, of the same body, come of the body of Christ, and partake of his promise, watch this, by the gospel. So what happens when you do not preach the gospel? See, let's go show you one more. First Corinthians chapter 4. And verse 14 through 16, you're going to back up. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 14. See, when you don't preach the gospel, you can't see what God created. That's why the Bible said in Romans 1, 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto, unto salvation. So you will not see what God created until you preach the gospel. All right. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14, watch what Paul says. I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. For though you have 10,000 instructions in Christ, yet have you not many fathers. In Christ, you have not many fathers. Watch what he said. In Christ, you have not many fathers. You have 10,000 instructors. In Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. How many saw what he said? So if what happened if you don't preach the gospel of Christ? See, what happened is you can talk to people all the time. Just go talk to people about the Lord. But if you don't minister the word of God to them, you still did not do your job. See, you tell people, oh, you need to go to church. You need to come to church. You need... But you never minister to them. See, you have to be able to tell them the story. The testimony, Christ died for your sins, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 through 4. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and God raised him from the dead. See, when you minister that to the person, that person believed that, now the Holy Spirit have access into their heart. See, that's why the Bible said we have access by one spirit. Well, you don't have access. The Holy Ghost cannot enter the heart without you preaching Christ. Because the person have to believe Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, now the blood washed the heart. Now the Holy Ghost can enter the heart. 
The Holy Ghost can't enter the heart until the blood washed the heart. <laughs> so you have a responsibility to people you are trying to get saved. Otherwise, Christ already saved them, but they have not been revealed and manifested until you preach the gospel to them. All right. So I just want you to see that why that's so important. So we're going to talk about why God, and this happened, that, that process that I just gave you happens when the word of God is preached. So say, for example, you believe in God for things. When, when the word of God is ministered, you can receive it because now the word of God is ministered, but it needs to be ministered by a person who have the Holy Spirit who God has ordained and given the anointing to, to, or the gifts of the Spirit so it can happen. Everybody do not have the gifts of the Spirit for everything. Not even me. So you have to understand that's why when you do not fulfill your role in the body of Christ, there are things in you that God can, can use for the body, but he can't because you won't move on in the spirit of God. Or you won't walk under the anointing or walk in the light or whatever, whatever. All right. So that's why we are members of the body. All members have not the same office. All members have not the same gifts. See, I wish I had them all but God would not need the rest of the body. How many understand that? It's just like your hand, and your, your hand can only do so much for you. Your feet have to carry you where you got to go. Now, your hand can serve you when you sit down. You see, you got different parts of the body, right? All right, now, we're going to talk about why God made the woman. Now, I said last week, he did not say a woman. So you have to understand the word the woman, and I gave you a definition of the woman. So if you don't understand the woman, you will never get this. I'm going to take you from Genesis to Revelation today on the woman. And I'm going to show you what people are talking about going on over there in the Middle East. It's not happening today. The woman is gone. To your Bible, see, 90% 90, 90 of people who go to church every Sunday, they do not believe the book of Revelation. As a matter of fact, probably it's more than that because they don't think the book of Revelation has happened yet. Well, who told you that? You, th you think God did some of his Bible and not the rest? All right, so we're going to go on. See, the, the Bible is for believers. And then I also want to say this. The Bible is not about everybody out there. The Bible is about, the Old Testament is about Israel, and the New Testament is about the body of Christ. So when you have the Bible in your hand, it's not telling you God created all those people out there, all those nations. That's not what this Bible is about. Although you might see them in here somewhere, this is not what the Bible is about. This Bible is about the creation of Adam and Eve, the promised land, and Jerusalem, and his kings, and his prophets and his priests all the way down to Christ fulfills it. That's what this Bible is about. So if you're thinking something else, you're in the wrong book. That's why it's called the Bible. So when you read the book of Genesis chapter 1, you'll see creation. And God created everything, and then he created the, the man and the woman and put them over it, or over the works of his hands. We gave that last week in Psalm 8. So what I want to do today, I want to teach on 
why God made the woman. And what I'm going to do today is I'm going to just rehearse a little bit because I like to do this to bring you up to where we are. We already taught uh, tape 95 and 96. We taught sealed with the Holy Spirit. And we gave you Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14 to show you that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now, he's talking about your soul. So you got to understand, he's not talking about your flesh. There's no good thing in the flesh. He's talking about your soul. Your soul, when you're born of the Spirit, is sealed with the Holy Spirit. That means now the Holy Spirit owns your soul. The Holy Ghost is in you and the Holy Ghost has sealed you. Okay, you are in Christ. All right. Now, uh, I talked about the next thing, uh, how the Lord keeps us. Now, all of these things on your podcast, how the Lord keeps us. And I gave you uh, Philippians 4, 4 through 7. I'm not going back through this. It's going to give you a little, uh, you know, wet your tongue appetite a little bit. But he showed you the peace of God. He showed you how he keeps you. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your heart, that's your soul, and your mind. The, the peace of God keeps your heart. That's the Holy Ghost. How do you know that's the Holy Ghost? Romans 14, 17. Uh, turn to that. We're going to show you. Romans 14, 17. See, he keeps you. Your soul is already in Christ. Christ is the kingdom. Let me see it again. Your soul is in Christ. Christ is the kingdom. See, the kingdom of God is in you, and you're already in the kingdom of heaven. You're already sealed. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. We're going to wait till you find it. Romans 14, 17. Waiting on the screen. There we go. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness. So you have to understand, that's what God uh, not only put in you, that's who you are now. See, see, people are talking about, that's why you can't use Romans uh, chapter 10, you can't use, we confess unto right, because you don't, that's a different righteousness. Confession is made itself. See, that's why people do that. You believe unto righteousness. See, that's a, that's a different righteousness. See, you are now the righteousness of God in Christ. See, they are talking about made righteous. So when God raised Jesus from the dead, he made us the righteousness of God in Christ. We are the body of Christ. All right, watch this. For the kingdom of God, not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So that's the kingdom now. So you have to understand, uh, let me show you that 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. So you got to know who you are. See, God's children is God's righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he has made him, watch this, <clears throat> to be sin for us. See, see, that's what the word does. I don't have to fuss, the word does it. See, that's how you have to know the difference in, in what people teach us. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For he has made him to be. So you have to understand, he made Christ to be sin. He was made sin. Watch what it says. Who knew no sin that we might be made? 
the righteousness of God in him. See, you have to know you are the righteousness of God. And still, people still say, I'm not righteous. You, you right, you're not. <laughs> See, because this Bible is based on faith and it's based on you believing what God says. All right, so God, the Holy Ghost cannot do anything in your life unless you believe it. All right, now let's move on because I want, I want to show you. you are, we are the righteousness of God. So uh, the next thing I show you was grieve not the Holy Spirit. Now, another scripture to go with how, how the Lord keeps us is Colossians. Let me do that first, Colossians 3, 15, because I won't be able to do this in second service. I don't know if God wants me to go on to the man or, or what, but I don't know. But right now, I got, I'm on the woman. <laughs> Praise God. All right. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. Talk about the peace of God. This is how God keeps us. And let the peace of God. Now, remember, Philippians 4, 4 through 7 told us that the peace of God that keeps your heart and your mind, that's what we have to let happen. See, you can, you can choose to worry and grieve and all this other stuff. But the Bible said, let this mind be in you. See, God's mind is available for you because we are spiritually minded. We have the mind of the spirit, but you have to let. See, that's what happens when people sit up and watch all my children, another world, days of our life, and then they want to know the word. How are you going to know the word? Your mind is full of something else. So you have to let this mind, praise God, <laughs> yeah, all right? And verse 15 says, and let the peace of God, there's another one. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let it, please. See, but the way we have to let it is we have to shut off the other stuff that's coming in the heart. That's why I told you that's everything come through the gate, and that's what the soul is. Let the peace of God rule in your heart to, to the which you are called in one body and be thankful. All right, so you the one have to let it happen. I just want to show you that. Let, let's go. The next thing I showed you was grieve not the Holy Spirit. Now, we, we can grieve the Holy Spirit in the way we live and thing we say. I'm going to take you to the tongue. That's where this message is taking you. And people do not realize that you eat the fruit of your own tongue. I'm going to show you what God wants your tongue to be. But you the one have to have it. That's why Adam, I showed you Adam named everything. That's where it was. But see, you cannot have stuff in your heart and then expect your tongue to, to, to manifest good. Because out of the abundance of the heart, I'm going to show you that. that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, the mouth speaks. See, we're supposed to be able to speak health. Let me say it again. We're supposed to be able to speak healing. But you can't speak healing if you got held in the heart. Things in the heart, that's not right. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I'm going to show you that. I'm going to show you in the word. See, that's where we're headed. So that's why, where I want to go. God showed me what, a tree of, what the tree of life is. 
in every one of us. See, I, you, I say myself all the time, but I'm going to show you why I say myself. Verse 15, Colossians 3, 15. And the peace of God rule. Let the peace of God rule. Why is he saying all of this? Because if the peace of God does not rule in your heart, then what else rules? Remember, I'm talking about why God made the woman. See, the God's, God's supposed to rule over her. So you're going to have to understand what that means. It don't mean like a man ruled over his wife. He's talking about Christ ruling over the soul of the woman. See, that's why when you go back and look at it, you, you'll see children of the day and children of the night. I, I know I'm ahead of myself. Colossians 3, 15. And let the peace of God rule in your heart, in the which also you are called and be ye thankful. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I, I just believe God, I'm being obedient to this. Uh, let's go to Proverbs. Let me show you a scripture. I'm going to read three scriptures for you, and I want you to write them down. And I'm going to read them out of the NLT. Number one I want you to write down is Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 24. Uh, put verse 18 first. Proverbs 12, I'm sorry. Verse 18 and then 24. We're going to read those out to NLT. And then we're going to go to Proverbs chapter number 15 and verse 13. And then we're going to look at one more. That's all I'm going to be able to give you this week because I don't have my notes. So let me give you those three out of the NLT. So if you'll put those on the screen for me out of the NLT. We're going to start with Proverbs. Uh, We're going to look at Proverbs 12, 18, 24. When you get this, say amen. All right. Now, I'm going to have my wife to, to find this so I can use it in this service. It's a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. What is it? All right. It is in Proverbs. I'm just, I got it on the line. I don't have it marked, so I will go to it. Uh, then I'm going to do verse 3 and 4 together when I do it. So I do have it. Thank you. Proverbs chapter 15. Thank you, sisters. Proverbs chapter 15. Uh, let's go back to 12 first. Now, we're reading out the NLT, so we're just going to read out the NLT. I'm looking at the screen. Verse 18 says, Some people make cutting remarks, but the word of the wise brings what? Come on, I need everybody to participate. The words of the wise. The word, see, he's talking about the tongue because I'm showing you the, the, the woman. I'm going to show you 
how the woman got delivered. I'm going to show you how the woman got in trouble. I'm going to go back and show you why Paul used, remember I told you Acts 26, 18, his vision is open the eyes. And I'm going to show you that's what happened to the woman in Genesis chapter 3. When she ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that's what she thought would happen. That's what the, the devil told her. That her eyes would be open and she would be like God. But it didn't open her eyes, did it? It closed her heart. It blinded her. All right, so let's do 18, then we're going to go down to verse 24. Go back to 18 one more time. Uh, verse number, uh, Proverbs 12. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise brings what? Healing. Now he's telling you, you're supposed to heal with the tongue. The tongue was given to you to heal. Because in the Old Testament, death and life was where? Was in the power of the tongue. So when Eve ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, she can't bless. All right. Now, now this is why you have to understand what God restored in your life. But until you come to a place to understand the word, you can't operate in it. All right. Look, Proverbs 12, 24 is where we're at now. And I'm going to read that down to verse number 28 while we're there. We're going to read. Start with verse Proverbs 12. Work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. That's simple, isn't it? All right. Worry weighs a person down. I need you to read. I, I'm, I don't have to read this. We all reading it. Come on now. Worry weighs a person down. See, that's what worry does. Say worry. worry. Weighs a person down. Right. So you can see when people say, oh, I'm so tired, I'm burned out. Worry. Weighs a, you're carrying a burden. And then it says, encouraging words does what? Cheer a person up. So what are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be using what kind of words? Encourage, we're supposed to be encouraging one another. Because when I encourage you, what do I do? I cheer you up. Here we go. The godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked do what? Lead them astray. So that's why you be very careful when you get advice. Keep going. Lazy people don't even cook the game they catch. Otherwise, when they catch food, but the diligent make use of everything they find. The diligent make use of everything they find. See, it's something to go get something and then leave it and let it destroy itself. That's what lazy does. Verse 28. The way of the godly leads to life. Say it with me. The way of the godly leads to life. That path does not lead to death. So you have to understand, that's what Jesus told us, wasn't it? He said, there's two ways. One leads to death, one leads to life. There's two ways. Remember that Jesus taught that? He taught on Broadway and Narrowway. Come on now. All right. The way of the godly leads to life. See, that's your way that you have chosen. But if you choose the wrong way, it... it 
that, that path does not lead to death. Otherwise, there is a path lead to death, but that path does not. Okay, uh, where am I? Verse 27. I'm on 28 now. That was 28. All right, I want, I want to... Uh, I want to go now to, to chapter 15. I, I want to do first uh, and do one through four. We're going to go to chapter 15 in Proverbs. We're still in the NLT, okay? We're going to do one through four, and then we're going to go down to what verse? 13. That'll be enough. All right. So let's do that. A gentle answer deflects anger. See, if you want to destroy anger, you got to use a soft answer. You're, you're not going to talk hard and mean and stuff and think anger going to leave. No, you're going to intensify. You have to, somebody got to use a soft answer. But harsh words does what? Okay, go back. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh word does what? Make temper flare. See, that's why you can tell when you're around somebody and they get to talking this way, you need to get out of there. Temple's getting ready to flare. All right, keep going. Verse 2. The tongue of the wise does what? Makes knowledge. Makes knowledge appealing. That's what the tongue of the wise does. But the mouth of a fool belches out foolishness. That's all that comes out of them. Verse 3. Verse 3, the Lord is watching everybody. Look at somebody over just wasted. The Lord is watching everybody. Keeping his eyes on both the evil and the good. So it doesn't make any difference. God is watching everybody. So that's why when somebody wants to try to do you wrong, God sees it. And that's why he would not let it happen to the righteous. Because he's watching everybody. All right. The next verse, verse 4. Gentle words are what? I want to read that out of the NLT, King James also. This verse, just this verse. Gentle words are what? Now, new, uh, the King James says the tongue, a wholesome tongue. A wholesome tongue. Uh, but no, no, let's stay here and finish this one first. Gentle words are a tree of life, but watch the opposite. I'm in, gen I'm in verse 4 is where I am. Let's go back to verse 4. It's the only one I want to do. Verse 4, and I'm done. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. A wholesome tongue, a wholesome tongue, because a wholesome tongue pre pre speaks gentle words, right? But perverseness therein is a breach of the Spirit. Wholesome, uh, a wholesome tongue is. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. So let's read that again in the NLT. Because all of us have to understand what a tree of life is. So when she did not eat the tree of life, you got to know when you go to a church, what you're eating. Is that man up here preaching you the word of God, the minister you by the spirit? Of course, if, it, if you get it here, you're going to get the tree of life. That's what I mean. The words that I minister to you is the word of the Lord that he gives me is a tree of life. But watch what the Bible says. We Gentle words, gentle words are a tree of life. So that's why you got to always speak what kind of words? Everybody. Every, regardless of anybody say what to you, you're supposed to speak gentle words because a, a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. 
Gentle words are a tree of life. You got to know what a tree of life is. So when, when Adam did, Adam, he gave, he put in the garden the tree of life. He's talking about a person who have the spirit, who speaks the word of the Lord in your life. That's the tree of life. All right. But it's not just supposed to be me. It's supposed to be everybody. The Bible says that he may minister grace to the hearer. That's, that's a wholesome tongue. Able to minister grace. See, if you use your tongue, see, this is one of the reasons why when I get to this, I, I was going to do that then. But I was going to show you why God couldn't use Jeremiah. My wife can find that. When she gets it ready, I, I'll show you. God said to Jeremiah why he could not use him to speak for him. I hope you can find that, honey. All right, now let's, let's move on. Because he, he told him, you cannot be using your mouth for two different things. If you're going to speak for God, you can't be using your mouth to talk foolishness and ignorance and evil and then turn around and use your mouth for God. It's not going to work. All right. That's... Okay, I thought somebody said something. Verse th uh, Proverbs 16, 13. I didn't do 15, 13. All right. Proverbs chapter 15. Oh, one more. I'm sorry. Proverbs 15, 13. Put on the screen. And then we're going to go back to our message. If my wife is in Jeremiah, God told Jeremiah, if you're going to speak for me. A glad heart, that word glad heart is merry, makes a happy face. I don't like that, but, but a broken heart crushes the spirit. Let's do that out of, any, let's do that out of King James. I like that better than King James. It says, a merry heart make a cheerful countenance. Otherwise, what's in your heart shows up on your face. So you see people walk around all, get some word in you. But a merry heart make a cheerful countenance. But, a, but the sorrow of the heart is the spirit. By, by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. In one place, that dries, dries up. And people wonder about how, how to keep you alive a long time. Well, that's where, one of the ways right there with a merry heart. One place here, a merry heart doeth good as a medicine. Or works like a medicine. See, that's why I do not have any time for no foolishness. I learned you keep your heart right, you can live longer. All right. Now, let's go to work. Whenever she found that in Jeremiah, you got to go back and look at why God... Jeremiah was mad. He had been in the pit, and God told him why he couldn't speak for him. All right. But let's go on. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to look at verse 3, 7, 8, 9. Matter of fact, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to give them to you. 1 Timothy 3 says... The man is the head of the woman. I went on this last week. I'm just rehearsing. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. I'm not going there. You can put it on the screen if you want. I'm not going there. The man is the head of the woman. Verse 7. First Corinthians 11, 7. The woman is the glory of the man. So you have to understand. He used the word woman. He's talking about your soul. Your soul is God's glory. 
Israel also was God's glory. That's why he said he would not give his glory to another. So you have to understand that word Israel and souls is interchangeable. It's called the woman. Remember I gave you that. Eve, Israel, the soul, the woman. All the same words. All right. Then I says, 1 Corinthians 11 and 8, the woman is of the man. The woman is of the man. See, the man is not of the woman. The woman is of the man. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 9, the woman was created for the man. So you have to understand why was Israel created? They were created for the Lord. Why was your soul created? Because those words are interchangeable. Your soul was created for him. Where does he live? In your soul. So you understand why your soul was created for the Lord. All right. Now we know that same thing is interchangeable because how did Jesus Christ come here in the flesh? Through Israel, through the woman. All right, that wasn't hard, was it? We children do that every Easter, right? All right. Now let's go to Genesis 3, 15 and 16. We're, getting, we're just getting the work here. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 and verse 16. This is what God said to the woman. Your husband will rule over you. Now, that's why he's talking about Christ. Genesis chapter number 3. We're going to go back to verse 1 through 6 just a moment, but we're going to do first Genesis three fifteen and verse 16. Why God made the woman. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. I will put enmity. Genesis chapter 3. Did I say 15? Yep. And verse number 15. This is what God says. I will put enmity, enmity between thee and the woman. Now he's talking to the serpent. You got to get this. Between thy seed. Talk to the serpent. And her seed. Well, who is the her seed and his seed? Cain. That's what they had in common. So when I go back and show you uh, Genesis chapter 4, I'm going that way, I'll show it to you. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shall bruise his heel. All right, now I'm going to come right back to that verse, what I do is what I'm there. Verse 16. Unto the woman, he says, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband. Thy desire shall be to thy husband. Talking about Israel, desire will be to the Lord. Just like your soul desire will be to the Lord. Otherwise, your soul should, de should desire the Lord. See, all the other stuff you design is not what you're supposed to be designed. It's supposed to be him. All right. Then in verse number 16, and thou shalt desire, thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. So that's why Christ is the one that rules over the soul. And that's where you see the rebellion at in people. They don't want the Lord to rule over their soul. So you got to understand, this, is just, this didn't just happen. This happened in the garden. This is why the woman ate of the, God, of the tree. Let's look at Genesis chapter 4 and verse 1. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain. 
Now you might want to write that down because I'm going to give you a lot of information. And, and she bare Cain and said, watch what she said. Watch what the woman says. And she was right. Because she brought forth what she desired. I have gotten a man from the Lord. I did it. Now you're going to see this process happen all the way down with the woman. You're going to see the same rebellious spirit. I have gotten a man from the Lord. And the Bible says, and she again bare his brother. Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. All right. She said, I. Now let's show you this, uh, how this is going to walk right down through history. So you're going you're gonna to see these over and over and over and over. Because I'm going to do Genesis 3 first, and then I'm going to get into that. I'm going to show you all the way down how... Hopefully I get to the next service. But I'm going to take you down through Noah. Uh, I'm, I'm not just Adam. Adam, Noah, Abraham, Jacob. I'm going to take you all the way down, and I'm going to show you the same spirit that ruled over or tried to rule over the man. See, that's the same spirit that's going all the way down, and that's when Jesus came until he he, he died for her and saved her. And I'm going to show you all the way down through, she is so rebellious, so stubborn that she would not change. Although God told her he's going to destroy her, she still wouldn't change. Some of Israel did. We're going to show you that. I'm going to show you they rejected John the Baptist. They rejected God's son. They rejected the new cup all the way down. See, that's a rebellious, stubborn woman. And you're going to see her Israel, the soul, and on down, you're going to see that same woman. So you got to understand that that son, Cain, was destroyed when Christ came because that's what she brought forth. So we're going to see this coming up, all right? Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. We're going to start reading verse 1. Genesis 3, 1, we, what we're showing you now is the woman with the seed. See, that's why she did what she did. She was deceived. She had been deceived and didn't, didn't want to accept Christ. That's why so many people are today deceived. They think they're right. This is why Paul ministry is open their eyes, turning from dark to light, turning from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin. Watch this and then the inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith that is in me. Now watch Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, you notice that he did not say to the man, because if you go back, to, uh, you back up to Genesis uh, chapter 2, verse 17, watch what, let's back up. Okay, chapter 2, verse 17 Watch what God did. Now, he just put the man in the garden and told him in verse 15, and the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, every tree of the garden thou may freely eat. But verse 17, he told him, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, 
Thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. Well, wait a minute. Eve was not even created yet. See, God told Adam that before Eve came. The next verse you'll see, and the Lord God says, not good for the man to be alone. So the key is, I'm quite sure Adam told her. But it didn't matter. All right, but watch this. Now, in Genesis chapter 3, she did what she wanted to do. Even when, even when she birthed that child, Cain, she said, I've got me a man for my Lord. No submission at all. All right. That's why when you look at Romans chapter 10, that's why the woman wasn't saved. That's why Paul prayed, my heart desired, Romans 10 and 1, brethren, my heart desired and prayer for Israel, watch this, is that they might be saved. They have a zeal of God. They are very zealous for God, but it's not according to righteousness. Why? Because they're going about to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted. And that's the problem with the woman. She won't submit. She don't care what the man says. The soul, see, that's when the soul is rebellious. Now, uh, we're going back to, we read in Genesis chapter 3. Now, the serpent was more supple than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. Now you can see what the woman's problem was. She was deceived. And he said to the woman, has, yeah, has God said? Now he didn't say it to the man. He probably has before. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the God. Would well, you know what she should have said? Ask my husband. He's right here. Boy, so many things could get settled if the soul would just do that. First of all, the man was right there. The Bible said, and she did eat and gave to her husband with her. Why did she say to the serpent, my husband's right here, ask him. The woman said to the servant, we may eat, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the trees which in the midst of the garden, God has said, you should not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, see, the whole conversation is a serpent talking to the woman. All she had to do is say, hey, hey, my wife, my husband's right here. You got something you want to say to me? That's submission through the soul. All right? And then the serpent said to the woman, you, you, you're not going to surely die. And the woman probably like, yeah, right. God doesn't know in the day you eat thereof. Watch this. This is Paul's ministry. Your eyes shall be open. When you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, your eyes are going to be open. What is Paul's ministry? Open their eyes. Why? Because this is when they were closed. Open their eyes. Turn them from darkness. God doesn't know in the day you eat thereof, your eyes shall be open, and you're going to be as God's, Knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, number one, it was pleasant to her eyes, number two. It was able to make her, to make her wise. She took of that fruit thereof and ate and gave also to her husband, watch that, with her. And he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened. Now they knew that they were naked and they so thickly together and made themselves aprons. See, that's what ends up happening. The eyes were open, but now what that meant there was 
now they found themselves fallen from grace and now they are in the flesh and not the spirit. When she ate of the tree of neither good and evil, she was never to do that. Now she fell from the spirit realm into the flesh realm. So why did Christ have to come? Some of y'all still don't get it. I tell you, you just reverse it, you'll get it. Let me ask you a question again. The woman ate of the tree of neither good and evil, fell from the flesh realm into the, no, fell from the spirit realm into the flesh realm. I ask you, now why did Jesus come? Can't you see that? Came to put you back in the spirit realm again. Give him a big hand. That's why the Bible said he restored us. That's why you're back into grace. She fell from grace. Grace is a spirit realm. There's no flesh in grace. <laughs> see, when God showed me that, all this stuff I was doing went out the door. Water baptism, bread on the table. See, all went out the door. Why? Because in grace, there's no flesh. There's nothing natural. Everything is spiritual. You go back and look at Adam and Eve. Before they fell, there was no natural things. Everything was spiritual. Everything was by the Lord, by the Holy Spirit. All right. So that, that's Genesis chapter 3. Now let's show you the same thing in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. Now when that happened, what happened? So you have to know once that happened, what happened? The woman did what? Let's show you. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14. That's why I say she was deceived. See, the enemy can't get you to do something until he deceives you. And that's what people do not understand. That's why you, you don't make decisions unless you get spiritual counsel or spiritual advice. Don't wait till you get deceived and then say, oh, I failed because I was deceived. You could have asked your husband. He was right there. See? But she refused to do that and took upon herself. And you know what happened? The entire human race fell from grace because of her decision. See, that's one of the reasons why when I, when I, before I minister anything on Sundays, I talk to the Lord. I don't work on my message Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Very seldom. Usually my wife will tell you, when they get down to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm all in. Because I'm, I may know what I'm supposed to do early, but I don't do nothing. I don't write nothing down to probably Saturday. Friday and Saturday, because I have to know the message God given me is from the Holy Spirit. All right, now watch this. First Corinthians chapter 2, I'm sorry, First Timothy 2, 14. Let's go back to verse 11, please, on the screen. Thank you so much. We're going to come to your camera, man. First, First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 11. Let the woman, now this is why so many people, bless their heart, they don't know the word, but they look at the people in the church and they say, see, the woman don't supposed to do this here. She don't supposed to. That's why they got two poor pits in church. Because the woman don't supposed to be up here with a man. The woman, woman ma'am, you, you have to go to that poor pit right there. See, that's why all of that's in the church because they misunderstand the word. He's not talking about, because if you go back and look at the word, in Christ, there is no more male and female. We all want in Christ. You just told the body of Christ, that you see on the outside, female, she can't come and stand here, which this belongs 
to the body of Christ. Isn't that the body of Christ? But they're not looking at the body of Christ that way. They look at things natural. That's why people are over there talking about what's going on over there. They're in the old covenant. They're still in the old covenant. And they will judge you in the old covenant if you say something against you know who. All right. First Corinthians, I'm sorry, First Timothy 2.11. Let the woman, anybody see who he's talking to here? Right. The, let the woman learn in silence with all subjects. He's talking to Israel because under their covenant, the man was the head of the woman and the man represented Christ. That man was their priest. Let me say it again. Under Israel old covenant, they could not speak. Everything they got came from the priest. The priesthood. They sat down and the priest told them what to do. He would, they were going for the temple on Saturday and they would read the scripture. The priest would. Even Jesus, when he came into ministry, he went into the temple, he took the Bible, he read, and he sat down. That's how they do. So he's telling them, let the woman learn in silence. Learn, learn, see? In silence with all subjects. Now, why is he saying this? Because of Eve. Everything they're doing is because of their mother Eve. Adam and Eve, creation was not the first people on earth. See, what people understand, I keep saying, Adam and Eve had to do only with Israel. God had a, God had a, a promise, and he had some land that was never used in all of his Middle East. And it's a part of the land that's right down by the ocean that goes over in Egypt, goes over into Babylon, and this land was reserved. It was his. And that's where he put Adam, the first king or the first man of Israel. And then that's where he planted Israel. That's where he planted all of his kings right there. Now, their job was God was going to set up his headquarters in Jerusalem so all the rest of the world could be saved from there because this is in the middle of the world. All the kings of the world will be able to come there and be saved. So you have to know what God did. So it was not the first man because, uh, first creation because it could not be. When you read Ezekiel chapter 29, he's told you the serpent was Egypt's king, Pharaoh. Well, how could Pharaoh already be there? Because he's not talking about creation of Pharaoh. The Bible's about Adam and Eve and Israel and the children of Israel all the way down to their king, their prophet, their priest, their high priest, all the way down to Jesus come. That's what this Bible's about. So when you don't know that, you'll be talking a lot of stuff. That's why his old creation is already taken out. See, if you're still waiting for them to take out, then you're not in grace yet. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. That ended. All right, let's keep going. But in verse 12, we're in 1 Timothy 2, 12. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor use authority over the man. Can't you see what he's saying? Because her husband spoke to what? 
rule over her. Remember I gave you that? Now he's talking to Israel. All right. But I suffer not a woman to teach nor to use authority over the man, but to be silenced. Now remember, they, they, in Israel, if you go back and look at Israel, the, the priest speaks to them. They don't speak back up to the priest. For Adam was not formed, what women? For Adam was first formed, then Eve. Adam was not deceived, but the woman. See, he's telling her why she have to keep silent. He's talking to Israel. I'm going to give you another one after, after this in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11. Adam was not deceived, but the woman, being deceived, was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing. And childbearing means when she brings Christ into the world. That's her Savior. She birthed her own Savior. She was saved in childbearing. They continue, now they need to continue in faith and charity and holiness and sobriety. All right? That's why the, Galatians chapter 3 verse 4 says she was born of a woman. Christ came born of the woman. Born of Mary, born of the woman. That woman represented Christ. That, that woman represented Israel who born Christ. All right, let's go to 2 Corinthians, I'm done. Chapter 11. Hope this helped you out. Believe me, I have not apprehended, Paul says, comprehended. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. This is the same thing that Paul, all the way through the Word of God. Let's start off reading uh, uh, in verse number 2. Start there. We're in 2 Corinthians 11 and 2. Paul says, For I'm jealous over you with a God of jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband. See, he's talking to Israel. That I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Remember, his job was to present her to Christ as a chaste virgin. When you read the book of Revelation, it would, we're going to go there. We're going to show you that. It's going to say the bride has made herself ready because she had to go through tribulation. The elect was taken out. All right, then verse number three says, but I fear, Paul says, talk to the church, lest by any means as the serpent beguile Eve. Why is he talking about that? Because he's reminding her what happened in Genesis. And the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. So your mind sh should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Then he's going to say, for if he that cometh, and that was Acts 20 and 28 through 31, preach another Jesus, because they were false prophets that were coming, whom we have not preached, or you receive another spirit which we have not received, or another gospel which you have not accepted, you might as well bear with it. So he's, he's letting them know, don't get the seed, because that's what's going to happen. They're going to come. Matter of fact, I'm going to go to Acts and read this. We're done. The book of Acts, uh, chapter 20. We, we'll do that. This is what the last warning that Paul gave to the church. And verse number 28, take heed, here we go, take heed under yourself. He's talking to the church. And all the flock under which the Holy Ghost has made you overseer. We're not talking about the Christ. The body of Christ is not sheep nor flock. 
All right. But feed the church of God. Told you who it was. Which he has purchased with his own blood. They were redeemed. For I know this, that after my departing, Paul told them, grievous wolves going to enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things. Here's why. To draw away the disciples after them. They'll come into church and take away people for themselves. Therefore watch. And remember that by the space of three years, Paul says, I cease not to want every one of you day and night. My time is up. I thank you. Can you stand up on your feet and let's give the Lord a great big hand? We're going to go. We're going to go deeper and deeper because we're going to go. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go all the way to the book of Revelation with this. I'm going to show you she went from being the woman to being the whore. We're going to go. To, we're going to show you that because she would not repent. From Genesis to Revelation, she would not repent. Come on, clap your hand. Get a lot of big hands. Oh, man, I'm glad you're watching today. First Corinthians chapter 15 told us how to be saved. This is what how Paul was saved. Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received, and where you stand by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. I did, delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. Paul even reached out to them, told them how to be saved. I'm going to show you all through the Word of God, prophets, all through the Word of God, priests, all, all the way down, came to, came to the woman. She would not repent. Would not repent. And I'm going to show you that only some came out of that, and the rest were destroyed. She went from being a woman to being a whore. What an awesome thing. She went from being Eve, the mother of all living. And the, end, the Bible in it, there was 144,000 who was in the wedding. And the rest were destroyed. Hey, my time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.